Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Welcome everybody. Hello. How are you, Brian? I'm very well. I'm very well. I've been at the Palace of Crystals. Oh, absolutely lovely. Was yeah. it was it as sparkly and as gorgeous as it sounds? Um, well, it's not really there. It's a bit oh. of a lie. Oh. But you went... it's a Palace of Crystals. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Okay. Good coffee though. Nice. 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 Last episode... It yes, was your choice. It was, and everyone had a great time. And you had us knee deep in the eighties. I did. I'm going to keep us knee deep in the eighties. Oh, I love the eighties. And I've got a little treat. Hopefully, a little treat. Go on. I haven't seen this film for many, many years. Okay. I'm fearful it has not aged well. Okay. But we're going to go there anyway. Okay. So fingers crossed. Okay. I'm holding my tea in my hand, waiting. <laughs> okay, a lot. Three clues. Okay. Let's see if you can figure out what gem. What 80s gem? Okay. Crystal. Okay. Nice link there. Nice. Like that it. we're going to watch. Okay. Clue I've number said one. okay so many times. Go on. This film was the directorial debut of Chris Columbus. The guy who went around the world. No, not Christopher Columbus. Chris Columbus, director okay. of Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, nice. Writer film. of The Goonies and Gremlins. Okay. Pedigree. Top, called, top pedigree. Oh, okay. I thought the film was called Pedigree or something. <laughs> Never heard of it. Don't top, know. Top it. pedigree. Okay, yeah, I would agree. No guess there. Okay, nope, second clue. Go ahead. In 2016, Disney remade this as a TV movie. Okay. You've, Disney. You, you've heard of Disney, I take it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have some small concern, I would assume. Is it something to do with Star Wars? No. Oh, very good uh, guess. No. No, but that was 70s, I think. Star Wars, some mm, of it. In, anyway, carry on. Third and final don't clue. Don't be put off by me, Sinead. <laughs> third and final clue. Yes. The alternate title of this film yes. was A Night on the Town. Ooh. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I don't know what will. Well, oh. I know one more thing that will... Tell you everything you need to know. But guess first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do it, lot. guess. That was a lot to take in. I honestly don't know. A night on the tiles. On the town. I don't. A night on the town. <laughs> All right. Not on the tiles. Okay. I just hadn't heard of a film called It's not a bevy up. <laughs> All right. Weekend at Bernie's. Incorrect. Okay. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, if I told you, if I asked you... Okay. If you had the babysitting blues. Oh, baby, baby, <laughs> babysitting blues. Enough. We can't afford the copyright on that. Oh, okay. We are going to watch... What? Adventures <laughs> in Babysitting. Yes, we are. Yes! I haven't seen this for a long time. Exactly. Long time. And it was great. Yeah, And well, it was adventure. Exactly. And right? it had Elizabeth Shoe. And yeah. what more do you want? I know, right? But I am slightly concerned that... There might be some problematic elements to it now, but yeah, let's give it the benefit be. of the doubt. Mm. Dive in and let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's give it a whirl and uh, let's see how a group of religious, um, religious, not religious at all, uh, ridiculously overprivileged white kids get on <laughs> in life. <laughs> let's do it. And we're back in 2023. We are back in the house. Like that. Ah. We've gone from 87 to 2023. This is 1987, yeah. This was 1987. Did it not not feel uh, like we were in 1987? Oh, trust me, Mm. it did. It did. I was right to be somewhat concerned that this wasn't going to age well. Yes. We've got a couple of problems going on here. We do. We do. But let, let us not allow that to take away from the fluffy piece of... Fun nonsense this film is. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. There are some difficult things there are, in this. There are some very difficult things there in this. There are some things in this that very much need discussing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree with you. However, it's hard to look beyond them, but you have to for the sake of this. And the story in itself is great fun. Yeah. Great I, fun. I think I think it is an incredibly fun film. Yeah. Um viewing it as an adult now. In in this day and age, it's got problems. Um, 
But my focus on it as a grown-up now is on one particular character. Go on. And how epic she is throughout the entire film. Oh, Sarah. Little Sarah. Oh, yes. Ultimately, God this, is, this is all about little Sarah. Totally, it always was. Oh, I mean, I didn't remember that so much. I thought, oh yeah, you know, God. I remember her being in it. I remember her, you know, being a kind of a cute little kid. But I think when I was younger, it was more about the whole 80s extravaganza and how back in the day as a British kid, you kind of wanted to be part of these amazing houses yeah. and these amazing lives that these 80s teenagers led. Yeah. So it was more of an Elizabeth Shue thing for me when oh, I was okay. younger because okay. you wanted to be that epic teenager. Okay, even though Elizabeth Shue is clearly about 48. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, so I looked it up. I think she's about 24. When was she born? <laughs> she was born in 63... Something. 63, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, so she was 24. So the first thing I thought... Watching this... Hang on a minute. You're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. Oh, I'm in trouble. I've not given our listener a synopsis. synopsis. Then let's do that, because clearly, actually, if you haven't seen it, it's an important thing to get. So, fire away, my love. Okay, adventures in babysitting. Here we go. When plans with her boyfriend fall through, high school senior Chris Parker, Elizabeth Shue, ends up babysitting the Anderson kids, Brad, Keith Coogan, and Sarah, Maya Bruton. What should be a quiet night in, however, turns into a series of ridiculous exploits, starting when they try to leave the house to pick up Chris's friend, Brenda. Soon, Brad's buddy, Daryl, is involved, and the group must contend with car thieves, blues musicians, and much more. Cool, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I like that synopsis because I thought it gives you a little taste hmm. of, of the it mad adventure. Yeah, the mad little adventure these these suburban kids go on. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. I quite like that. I quite like that. Now, continue, Brian. What did you want to say? Well, I know I'm going off-piste, but the first thing that I thought when I watched this was it's a really good job that I don't work in Tesco's. Go on. Well, because if she's 17, I'd have served her every time. <laughs> From an ID Oh, you're buying a bottle you. of wine? Oh, yeah, no worries, love. I'll ring that through for you. I don't need ID. Go for it. Oh, yeah, you want to buy, I don't know, whatever, Mad Dog 2020? <laughs> Let's show me age. Okay, yeah, no worries. I'll punch that through for you. Because she was about 30. And then she's dancing around in that bedroom, hugging that pole, singing into it. Lascivious is all I've got to say. <laughs> But that's a great. That's a, that's that is such an iconic, great opener no, for a to be film. Fair, it's a great opening. You film. know the the te- Okay, she's meant to be seventeen. Yeah, she, I know. She I mean, clearly no looks a lot older. Shit. No one's but, buying that shit. She but, looks like a mum, especially in that coat. <laughs> the coat's cool. Oh no, the coat's great. If you're a forty-four-year-old woman, <laughs> not if you're a seventeen-year-old no. senior in high school. And Doctor Who's scarf. Give that back. Rude. <laughs> um. Brilliant opening scene, and I think that yeah, that that's a standout. I remember that from when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. The babysitting blues scene when they end up in a blues club and they have to sing their way out. Yeah, iconic. We all remember that, and we all remember the the kind of the finale of the film when they have to save Sarah. Yeah. at the end, and they're the residing things that kind of stayed with me about this film. Is that why you picked it? Um, majoritively, the the fact that I thought it. I to be fair, I thought. My memory is that it was a lot funnier than it actually is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it wasn't quite as hilarious as I thought it was. Yeah, not as um, hilarious. It felt a tad longer than I remember. And the other thing, which I'll get onto in a bit, um, Brenda at the bus station. Yeah. Yeah, not quite as terrifying as I thought <laughs> or as I remembered. Don't get me wrong, I always thought she was overreacting slightly, but not to the extent I now think she was overreacting. Totally, but I totally see why. And that's going to bring me on to a topic I need to discuss in length. But... Yeah, I must admit, when I first saw it, it made me laugh. Um, two things. One, is it wrong that I always fancy Brenda no. more... Brenda's hot. ...than Elizabeth Shue? No, that's fine. Brenda's hot. Like, even when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is no one after Brenda? <laughs> yeah. Brenda's hot, yeah. and then Brenda will run away with you. <laughs> yeah. Brenda's cool. She's messed up. You can up. have a proper adventure yeah, with Brenda. Exactly. This one's bland. <laughs> this one, Brenda, she's a... But but again though that that um, plays into the American um, dream slash stereotype, isn't it? Elizabeth Shue is the the kind of the good, well behaved. She's the one that will go around and babysit. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. You know, so she's the one purported to be the one that you would want to be with, rather than uh, loose cannon Brenda. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that Elizabeth Shue's also been in Playboy. 
well the character I mean the fact she's floating around the city and only like two people recognise the fact that, the fact that she looks suddenly identical. she's Miss, Miss March and the fact that bad guys who want the playboy go get the magazine and haven't realised that the girl they've put upstairs is even though she isn't from the magazine yeah that they've 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 even written on that yeah. part of the magazine yeah. and they've not recognised yeah. that and the boss man took it up there to be alone with it as well at one point well, and just, they still didn't recognise I just think that in. shows you how important the uh, criminal mind is they don't get distracted by bare breasts on a page mm-hmm. when they're writing down their criminal mastermind over a, a woman's body they're not seeing the woman's body true that's what it true. is but yeah I'll just give you a quick rundown of why I enjoyed this film not problems aside, but problems acknowledged in the moment. Yeah. Um, 80s extravaganza. Loved it. Two two standout characters for me. Brenda. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Little Sarah. Yeah. I need to see the adult spin-off film of what the hell Sarah's doing now because I think she'd be an epic grown-up. Yeah. Babysitting Blue scene I've already mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I actually really quite enjoyed the unrequited love um, between... Brad. Brad and Chris. Yeah. I thought that was actually quite sweet and done quite well. It was. I think, yeah, I agree. I agree with all those points. I think the main thing you need to mention is the music in this film mm-hmm. makes this film. You do love your music, don't the you? The music in this film is great. It's kind of all blues-driven mm. the whole way through it. You know, blues, 50s. It's a really good soundtrack. Oh, you're right, actually, because the And Then He Kissed Me is actually yeah. an old Yeah, tune, and it's got it, yeah. tunes from Goodfellas in it. It's got all sorts of stuff in this and it's really quality. And the fact that, you know, the guy in the club who's singing the blues is like a proper bloody blues singer. Oh, he is a proper blues singer. That is, let's give him a shout out. That's Albert Collins. Yeah. So the fact that you've got that guy doing the blues means Mm. that you've got a good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was. We can really add that. Thought. We can add that. That's good. Yeah. That's that's a reason to stay with you as opposed oh, to dump you. So maybe I'll make a note of reasons to remain. Me. Good soundtrack. Nice. 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 We can it's add that really to the soundtrack. list. So, so premise of the film: Chris gets stood up by her boyfriend, who clearly is a complete scumbag, and we can see that from the very beginning. And and over here, forty. <laughs> yeah, he was older, actually, to be fair. So he was born in 1959, so he would have been about 28. Oh, right, you wouldn't have picked up on that. So actually only about four years older than Elizabeth Shue. Right. Pigeon-toed as well. But was he? I didn't yeah. notice that. Elizabeth Shue looks 35 in this, and he looks about 40 <laughs> in this, so... But, but um, all American teenagers looked. And actually... Especially with that hair. I think even, you know, if you see old um, British stuff from the 80s, everybody looks in their 40s. Yeah, I think true. everyone just looked a lot older back then. Yeah, true. true. But she gets stood up by him, yeah. so she ends up going going to babysit. Yes, she does. Brenda, early doors, knows that he's a slime ball. Yeah. Knows that he's lying to her, that he's yeah. got to go and look after his sick sister. Yeah. She, she doesn't listen to Brenda. No. Brenda does a runner. Yeah. Brenda ends up in the bus station. Yeah. She's babysitting, got to go pick up Brenda. Exactly. Now, this brings me on to quite possibly the worst character in the film. Go on. Daryl. Oh, his mate, is he? Wrote this down. Yeah. Now, where is it? Hang on a minute. Daryl's a dick. <laughs> Never liked him. Daryl is awful. Oh, he's a right little prick. <laughs> he's really I mean, he's awful. he's very good at playing a right yeah. little prick. Yeah. Excellent performance. Yeah. Um, but completely detestable. Oh, horrible. So he turns up... Um, at Brad's house, promptly says, oh, oh, Chris Parker's here. Have you got a clothes off yet? Yeah. Little pervert. Then he blackmails, when he finds out that they're going to go into the city, he blackmails her into allowing Definitely. him to go with them. Yeah. Um, then when she says, if they go step out of line, she'll kill them and, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes, raped? <laughs> yeah. Uh, completely inappropriate. Yeah. Um, when they get the blown out tyre, so they head off into the city to save yeah. Brenda, the tyre blows out. Yeah, which in, is in the fast lane, the equivalent of, yeah. Yeah. He maniacally laughs yep. in a completely psychopathic manner, yeah. which just makes you want to throw him out of the car there, there and then. I mean, it goes on. He's just detestable throughout the whole film. Yeah, absolutely. Why would and, you be friends with and him? And he sums it all up at the end by trying to look down Brenda's top. Oh my God, asleep. I didn't even notice that. But the fact remains more importantly than anything else that I was 
He's just horrible. He's just <laughs> you can't even bring horrible. yourself to say whatever that was. No, Probably better not to no, say it, Brian. I'm not going to say it. He was just a horrible, a horrible kid. And like... Why would Brad be friends with him? That's what I, I want to know. Well, I'd be friends with him. Why? Because he gets you into a frat party. And he brings you Playboy. No, he gets you into a frat party where like hot girls are in their like, mid-twenties and make out with a 15-year-old. I know, another so problem. Weeks. Another problem. All I wrote down is Chicago University. I am there. <laughs> I am so there. <laughs> I mean, that was great. Hiya, oh, yeah. no one speaks to me. Okay. All right, let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> she was just snogging his face off on the stairs. Yeah. Another question I've got. How do those six shits get to university? Yeah, um, no, the Playboy magazine. Yeah. Um, so there's a Playboy magazine and a doppelganger of Chris appears yeah. in the Playboy magazine. So yeah. everybody thinks it's her. Um, why is everyone carrying around this Playboy? So so Daryl appears with it at the beginning. Yeah, well, it's because he's nicked off his dad to show his mate because he looks like Chris. Yeah, that's so that's fine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on board with that one. I understand okay. why yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. Then it's in the uh, bad guy's garage up yeah. in the thing. Well, that makes sense because they've written all the details on it. Because what the last place you're going to think has got any details of a crime would be a porn mag. Yeah, true. So, but entertainment magazine. But the it's quite coincidental, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. handy for the uh, for the storyline. I can go with that. Then the third time it turns up at the frat party, so they end up stumbling into a frat oh, party, yeah. and one of the guys has just got one in his back pocket. It would appear. Yeah, so, so do men, my question to you mm-hmm. as, a, as a man, mm-hmm. do grown men just wander around with playboys in their back pocket? Not in this country, it's razzle. <laughs> Does that hey, exist imagine anymore? Imagine if it had been, I doubt it. Imagine if it had been English, there would have been a copy of razzle. <laughs> there you go. I'm not convinced. I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day. Does porn in that form still exist in the I'm shops? I'm sure it does. Like, like, if, like in the old days, as a kid, you struck it lucky if you found an old porn mag in a bush. <laughs> Trust me, every man of my age knows what I'm talking about. But now you could just go online and look it up. Yeah. You've really got to tick the box because I am 18 or whatever it is. Exactly. So why would they bother going, scrubbing around trying to find someone's manky second-hand copy or something? It just doesn't make sense. Well, also, you used to go into the news agents and it would be the top shelf, wouldn't it? They yeah. would have all the... Yeah. Uh, Adult magazines. I'm not Would sure. They? I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't. Know. I'm not sure that's a thing anymore. But anyway, yes, I digress. Um, pro- problems. We're going to have to talk about the problems okay. in this film. You start with your problem. I don't know if it's going to be multiple. the same. Well, I have as well, but <laughs> I've got one massive one that goes across more than just this film. And then once I started to see it. It, it really it. spoils the whole film. And it will spoil a lot of films of this era. It does spoil a lot of films yeah. of this era. But this was really like, after a while, it got really boring. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, this is not good. Right. But, okay, well, I'll kick off with one. Yeah. Let's see if it's the one you're, okay. you're thinking of. Thor's, and excuse my language, but Thor's a homo. Oh, yeah. That's not mine, but yes, That's, completely. Yeah. And... I am led to believe... So we watched the version that was on Amazon. Yes. We paid for the Amazon uh, version. We did? I, you. I, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but this is also streaming on Disney. So okay. if you subscribe to Disney, you can watch Adventures in Babysitting as yep. part of your subscription. Um, and I am led to believe that they have changed that line. Good. So they've overdubbed it. So um, it, in, it has now become Thor's a weirdo. Okay, that's better. Um, and yes, I believe they say, you know, like if that's one thing we could change about the film, that's, you know, I completely regret writing that. Yeah. Um, writing that in like that. Uh, and it, and I'm glad they feel like that because Good. it's. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not, uh, it's, it's not, not necessary like. and it's not pleasant. And I'm not saying there's something that didn't exist then, my God, it did. But yeah, that doesn't mean we have to relive it. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think I think just by changing that yeah, that one word, change. I I think it doesn't take you know it doesn't change the film, no. but it just it it takes that away from it. So I think that's a bravo, a good change yeah, well done, then. for them to have made. Um, so the next bit is about representation and about mm-hmm. primarily black representation on screen, mm-hmm. um, and also I'm going to put in there. Um, sort of disability representation as well. Okay. I am... Com- disability for my sins, the disability representation we should start with because I didn't really well, spot that. Well, this is the first one, isn't it? Well, I suppose I did, but 
anyway, but the one I really want to talk about is the representation of black people yes. or people of colour or whatever you want to phrase it in this film. Completely agree with you. So I'm going to start with the disability one because this was where it all started going, oh, I knew uh, there was something niggling at me that was going to bother mm-hmm. me about this film. Mm-hmm. So they head into the city to save Brenda and they get the tyre blown out and Chris has been in the midst of telling them a scary story about a man with a hook for a hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then get saved on the side of the highway by a man who has a prosthetic. He's, he doesn't have a yeah. hand, um, so he has a hook, a hook instead. Um, and obviously they're completely freaked out by him. They think he's like something out of a horror film. And I just thought, oh, what? Like, I understand the premise of... You know, they're kids, they're alone, you want to make it scary, they want to be scared by, you yeah, know, yeah. people around them. But it just feels a very lazy, cheap way of doing it. Like somebody yes. that, you know, somebody and this is what's gonna happen when we meet characters um later on, black yeah. characters, characters mm-hmm. of colour. Because, you know, it's the other, isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh my god, he's terrifying, he's got this hook for a hand. Um, to be honest, I just I don't think they needed to do that. They could have done this in some other way because it's scary enough that he goes off his head and yeah. completely drives with a gun. He's got a gun in the car yeah, yeah, and he yeah. goes to try and kill a man that's having an affair with his wife. The whole thing just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, yeah, it's an unnecessary story. Yeah. At least the fact that he had a hook for a hand. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. He could have been, it was scary enough that he yeah. was like this big guy that turned up in this scary truck and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, unknown to them. Yeah. But, I mean, they tried to recover it a little bit by sort of her apologising mm. and, you know, I wrote that sort of don't judge a book by its cover thing. They did try and come out because ultimately he was a good guy. What would be worse? I'm going to leave you on the street. Yeah. I still don't sit comfortably with it. Yeah. But, and, and, and this is the same with the representation through this in general. I don't know if it's a conscious thing. It's a subconscious thing, but it's scary. But it's scarier by the fact that it's subconscious. That's a hundred percent. You've hit the nail on the head. Mm. I think it's scarier that it is. If it had been blatant, all out, I don't know, prejudice against people who are lesser abled or black people, yeah, or people of color. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I just found that. Well, I just think it, it's basic. It's showing us and who who thought you'd get this deep on adventures and babysitting right? Know, right but it's showing you what you are intrinsically fed yeah. mm-hmm. um as a society definitely and what we were in the 80s 100 100 and i and, and i think still now because i think you know ultimately it's a story about these suburban kids yeah going into the scary city yeah. and the city being perceived as you know a den of vice and iniquity and, yep. and 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 horror and all these terrible terrible things mm-hmm. and then as part of that they have written this story where we get these representations of people that are incredibly sort of stereotypical and racist and make you feel uncomfortable then watching what should just be an adventure film yeah i mean ultimately the film is good versus evil and good wins yeah and they've turned it into white versus black uh, yeah. and white wings. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, all the kids are white, middle class, um, yep. suburban, yep. you know, safe, good, happy children. Wealthy. Yeah. Chris is um, at the at the end when she confronts the sleazy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He makes a comment like, um, oh, don't bother with her. Her legs are clamped together. Uh, the knee or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So it's like, oh, she's a virgin as well. I mean, could yeah. she get any purer, this girl? Yeah. Um, and yes, so... And even the hero is Thor, white, blonde. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, they need to, uh, to, to go towards the end and the, and the hero, Thor, white, blonde. The They need 50 bucks to get the car back out of the garage. Who gives it to them? The white college kid. Yeah. Um, the only saving thing, yeah. <laughs> perhaps in the same way, you know, that you're kind of saying... Oh, Chris apologizes to to Pruitt for being frightened by him. Is that Joe, yeah, who Joe is Gibb. who is the first black character that we see, who happens to yeah, he's a car thief. Um, they get into a car and yeah, the black guy is stealing the car and it's Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um he helps them and he is their hero in the sense that he punches out 
the white guy the white guy and he ushers them out to safety yeah like does that does that help in any way i'm not so this sure is, it does <laughs> so this is no i don't think it necessarily does but this is why i'm saying this is what made me think this is a, a subconscious it's not yeah um because the scary thing as you said right so first of all we're introduced to this very white world everybody's affluent everybody's wealthy everybody's lovely yeah blah 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 they drive in a station wagon yeah you know, in her granddad's coat, into the city, mm-hmm. yada, 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 yada. The city's already, for some reason, it goes from day to night. Like that. That's what I thought. Like that. Because that was the first thing. So as soon as we hit the outskirts of the city, suddenly the environment becomes black. Yes. Right? Whatever. Yeah. That's probably me right. reading a lot into it, but whatever. Right? Dark danger. The first black person we see in the film is a car thief. Yeah. Yeah. The very first yeah. black person we see yeah. is a car thief. Yeah. Now, all right, he drives them away from danger because he couldn't leave them on the street. Yeah. But that's the first black guy you see is a thief. Wait, wait for me, please. Yeah. The second black guy you see is his boss. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. So his boss who runs the car theft ring yeah. is black. Yeah. However, yeah. however, don't kid yourself that he can run it no. all. No. There are proper crime bosses. The brains and the money behind the operation yeah. are all white. Yes, I agree with you. All of them around the table yeah. are white. Mm-hmm. Then when they break out, they're in this weird dodgy part. I wouldn't even get out of the car in this part of town. Yeah. And they run down the road and they burst into a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Why a nightclub is in the middle of an industrial area, <laughs> I do not understand. Because who would be there at night? But anyway... They burst in, yeah. and it's a blues club, yeah. and everybody Every- but one guy <laughs> is black. Yeah. So then they get on the stage, and he says, you've got to sing the blues. And all right, you know, ultimately they have a good time and yeah. everything else. But I thought, isn't that interesting? The first group of black people we've seen yeah. are all drinking. Yeah. Not working. Yeah, no. Not, you know... Yeah. Adding value, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean that, but like I'm just talking about the representation yeah, yeah, yeah. that seeps into your head. This yeah. is subconscious stuff. And I'm like, hang on a minute, they're all drinking. Mm-hmm. Then they get out of there and they burst off down the road. And like, there are all, everyone hanging out on the street corners mm-hmm. in this dodgy part of town. The mm-hmm. majority are black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. There's people on street corners like, yeah, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black guys, a group mm. of black guys, and they run up, they jump on the tube, oh, safety. Mm-hmm. The two gangs come in, yeah. and they are Latino yeah. and black. Yeah. <laughs> well, one or two are not, but, like, they're, the leaders are a black guy and a Latino guy. Yeah. And again, oh, the poor white kids are caught in the middle. Yeah. And it's like... Da- a danger oh on every corner God. is not white. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything ultimately... Yeah was black and then at the end of it everyone that was white was either a business owner Mm -hmm. yeah successful in some right a business owner or a criminal um, business owner yeah Yeah, exactly but wealthy underworld intelligent yeah the frat house where it's all university students yeah I don't recall seeing any black people no no there might have been one or two We'd need, we'd need to go back and study it closely but certainly like on first glance no it was the cap house all white. The restaurant? We the went restaurant, to a very fancy restaurant. All white, I think. Yeah. Majority of the white. The first black woman we meet. Oh, I know what she did. Steals yeah. Brenda's glasses. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know there are lunatic white people in there, but no one actually takes anything from her. No. And what does the first black person in the bus garage do yeah she steals she from steals her. from her and it's like oh my god everything mm. like the majority the 90 percent mm-hmm. and i'm sure someone can prove me wrong with certain bits but 90 percent of the representation of black people in this film is they drink yeah they steal yeah they hang out on street corners yeah they're poor yeah rich people are white white yeah. people are rich they're yeah. business owners they look after their kids yeah. They do the right thing. They live, they live yeah, in the they suburbs. Live the way you're meant to live, yeah. I mean, even the bo- you know where her dad was, mm. they run out of the black neighbourhood to where their parents are, mm. and all of a sudden it goes from industrial, mm. horrible, like, you know, oil containers on fire, yeah. into an area where it's all big glass Well, they're suddenly in Canary Wharf. Yeah. <laughs> the equivalent of. I know. I found it horrendous, and then it kept, and I kept thinking, please don't do this. I want to enjoy this film. And the next thing came up, and I'm like, 
My I, I, God, I, I, I didn't realise how much it was dripped into my head as a kid. But I completely agree with you. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, remembering this kid, remembering this kid, remembering this film from when yeah. I was a kid, um, none of these things, none of these things. And the things that, that, that retained in my memory were the fun sort of scenes and the, I really liked the, the blue scene. I didn't, none of what you've just said occurred to me back no, then. No, I just thought, oh, they get, to, they get to sing true. a song, they get to sing a song and they go out. Um, but yeah, and that's why, that's why I'm kind of starting my problems, um, with the Thor's a homo, um, moving on to, um, Pruitt's, um, hook for a hand, you know, that, cause that's where it starts. And then it moves into, um, the color of people's yeah. skin and the representation and of black people. The scariest place that these kids could be was majoritively black. Yeah. And I just thought, come on, yeah, gosh, yeah, we can yeah. do better than that, yeah. surely to God. Yeah, um, and I do. I think it's. I think it is a disturbing um, reminder of how these things are layered, yeah. Yeah. layered um, into consciousness. Yeah, because I don't believe that the filmmakers deliberately set out. <laughs> to, I don't think he sat there and deliberately wrote no, those bits in. I think but, he was. But yeah, it's drip fed into you. Yeah. It's drip fed into mm. you. And it's scary once your eyes are open to it. You see it mm. around mm. you and it's like, wow. Mm. Like, wow. It's really scary that A, it's there, but B, that when I was a kid in the 80s, it wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah. No, it's true. Because it was probably in everything. Yeah. Well, I think it, I, I think it was. And I think it's, you know, it still is. I think that it's, you know, yeah, this of course is still, it still is, but uh, at least there's not. some turning of the wheel now. Well, it's about, and also it's about what, what, what we've just spent 10 minutes talking about, isn't it? It's about being aware of it. Yeah. And so if you're aware of it, you can recognize it and you can start to challenge it and you can start to try and break these things down. Totally. Um, I think we should jump in there. Yeah. Because that's very a heavy topic that does need discussion, but I think we should jump in and oh. just do a few little facts. Oh, you're going to love these. Nerd alert! Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? The film was shot in Toronto, but obviously doubled for Chicago, and they had to dirty up the streets in order to make it look more Chicago-like. A little caveat on that, I believe they did do some filming in Chicago, but majoritively it was shot in Toronto. One of the movie's producers was none other than Deborah Hill, do you recognise that name? No. Most famous for Halloween. And if you notice, when Chris goes to start babysitting, Halloween is playing on the TV in the living room. CBS made a TV pilot of this for the small screen, um, featuring Brian Austin Green and Joey Lawrence, but it didn't actually make it to series. Adventures in Babysitting was a 1988 Kids' Choice Awards nominee for Favourite Movie, but it lost out to... Any idea? Beverly Hills Cop 2. Elizabeth Shue has said that being on stage singing the blues with Albert Collins was one of her favourite experiences of all time. The photos of Chris's doppelganger in the Playboy were actually taken at the Playboy Mansion. Why that needs to happen? I literally have no idea. Chris Columbus is responsible for the inclusion of Thor. He was a big Marvel fan. Originally, it was going to be He-Man or She-Ra, but he wanted to put Thor into the film. And finally, Elizabeth Shue is in disguise at the frat party scene in a hat and glasses, dancing with her brother, and her other two brothers are at the bar scene with Daryl. Cool. Some nice little... That's you, some good facts You there. tell me why that needed to be shot in the Playboy Mansion. Oh, it didn't at all, but I would guarantee you it's Playboy said, if you're going to get to use the Playboy name all the way through, okay, we we're going to do the photo shoot I'll mention as we would do the photo shoot. Okay, I suppose. Authenticity, maybe I've well, kind of got to go no, with that. No, I think it's just Playboy being Playboy because then it's another thing they mm-hmm. can say. And You know, anyway, there you go. Coming back to Chris Columbus. Yes, please do. Um, who we obviously probably all know, but mentioned earlier made home alone yeah was there something that happened in this film that you thought that happens in home alone where he hits the statue outside yes the well done yeah, the lawn jockey that, yeah. apparently that's called a lawn jockey oh right I wrote that down yeah I was like oh he hits the thing same as home alone yeah there you go. The, isn't it like the pizza delivery guy or whatever in home alone kind yeah. of comes and knocks yeah, it down it really is um Another good bit about this film, which is very kind of 80s and and part of the 80s film experience. Rush home and beat the parents. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. at the climax of the film, once they've got Brenda from the bus station and, and they've we've not even mentioned Sarah's stuck on the outside of a building, I'll come back to that, um, they then have to literally race the parents to get home in the car before them, um, just like uh, Ferris Bueller. Yes. It gave me... They love doing that. It gave me great joy to, yeah. to, to have that little scene. Absolutely, absolutely. I think my favourite part of this though which was also the most one of the most frustrating parts of the script is your cars at Dawson's garage yeah okay good I'm in fucking Chicago where's Dawson's garage <laughs> yeah. I ain't got the internet I can't google it like if I was in London and so I said mate I've took your car to be fixed and it's at Dawson's garage yeah you'd be like go, where? great this is a very large city could you give me some indication just go to Dawson's garage yeah, okay. And even when she's at the frat house and he goes, oh, you know, and the first thing she asks him for after one dance is 50 bucks. Yeah. Hang on, mate. I would head down to the other 17-year-old at the uh, <laughs> other part of town if I was you. But anyway, he goes, okay, he gets her $45. I've got to go to Dawson's Garage. Mm. Okay. What, he just knows Dawson? It's Dawson's Garage, so famous well I mean it's run by Thor so clearly it must be it it must be kind of well known yeah there are a couple of plot holes um, (laughs) (laughs) that you can drive a truck through Um, and the other thing I would like to point out yeah um, Miss Shu as Chris Parker yes uh, not a great friend I would warrant now don't get me wrong Brenda's a loose cannon right yeah Um, by the way I just think Brenda's over-the-top camp performance oh, was beyond brilliant. Phenomenal. That bus station was really not scary. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it was a very... It was almost like a total recall. You know, <laughs> yeah. a total recall. Like, this is the future on Mars. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe not. Maybe we do need to shoot on location <laughs> rather than on set. But, yeah, you can't shoot on Mars. I know that before people write in. <laughs> all right? I don't want any more letters about my mistakes. Elon Musk nice. will probably be wanting to shoot on Mars. Probably. <laughs> Probably for his launch ad for X. <laughs> oh, Brian's actually doing the arms oh, now, like yeah. he's on X Factor. X. Um, that's copyrighted to Simon Cowell. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Chris is not a great friend, right? I know Brenda's a loose cannon. I think she is. Are you going to let me tell you why? Yeah. Okay, just sorry. Let me just make a note of... No, no, that's fine. You write down. Chris is not a great friend because she goes through the city and despite being taken hostage, shot at... Um, basically having to prostitute herself to get $50, <laughs> she still goes and collects her mate from a bus garage. Get a bus home, Okay, Deborah. okay. But my my point is, right, Was she's... A, Brenda. Brenda. She's agreed to go and get Brenda. Yeah. Brenda's terrified. Yeah. Whether or not Brenda actually is in danger and needs to be terrified is, is actually undisputable. Well, Brenda's yeah. scared, it right? Lo- if like- my friend was scared, I'd be there. Girls, I'd be there. Okay. I would not get waylaid into a frat party, start flirting with some dude, then, then, see my boyfriend's car outside a restaurant and go, right, I'm going to go in and deal with that now. Screw Brenda, she could be dead. Okay, so, I didn't have you back up until (laughs) the restaurant scene. Yeah. I mean, apart from the fact, the whole restaurant scene, you could have cut and lost nothing. So no, she, had had to, she had to learn that he was that the boyfriend was an asshole. Well, that's easy. The, there looks like he's taking someone else. So cool. Yeah. Damn. No. And that would have been the end of it. No, 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 no. That's that's far too simplistic. I'd forgotten about him. Okay, so number one, you've just pointed out another re- reason that Daryl's an absolute dick. He sees the car because it's mm. got this personalised yeah, yeah, number yeah. plate, which apparently. Um, I've read in multiple places on the internet, so it must be true, is actually the actor's car with that reg plate. Okay. So cool. Well, maybe he kept it after the shoot. Who has that that reg plate? You know how I feel about personal reg plates. What's his name does, Mike? I don't understand the point of spending money on personal reg plates, people. It it seems absolutely ludicrous waste of money to me. Well, me too. That's why I changed my name to HR14. Yay! All the classics all the time. Um, you can write that down as a reason to keep <laughs> Daryl, another reason that Daryl's an absolute dick, yeah. he's the one that points out, oh, there's your boyfriend's car. Looks like he came without you after all. You, you didn't need to point that out. You didn't need yeah. to be the scumbag no. that pointed that out. Well, he did, because Daryl, not Daryl, Mike. Is his name Mike? Was his name Mike? Wait, what, the boyfriend? The boyfriend? Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway, he kicked his ass last year for touching his car, which he didn't do. Now, not being funny, oh, yeah. having seen Daryl, yeah. I'd have kicked his ass. 
Just for being a I'm bastard. I'm lying, of course. <laughs> He'd probably kick mine. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> no, but like you would have done. He's just a horrible, horrible kid. But I would argue that you did need the restaurant scene well, I, because I, you I needed that confrontation. She needed to see for her own eyes because she could have decided, she could have made up reasons in her head as to why his car was there. She needed to see for, for her own eyes what a pig this man and is. And we did need to confirm she was a virgin for the sake of... Yeah, for know. her extra purity. Exactly, yeah, she wasn't for the sake of pure enough. what is virtually a D.W. Griffiths film. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad, but like... <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. There are the layers. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still getting stuck in the I old know, world, and I, I don't want to be I know. glib and drop that. And I get, I just get stuck there because it's, it's hard. really it's, hard. To it get is past. hard. It is hard to get past it, and it is hard to enjoy enjoy this film with the amount of problems that there are with it. Yeah, because you can see now. Or I can see now. You could have easily have mixed up the group. Yeah, of course. And it would have been. Exactly the same story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if you hadn't have mixed up the group of kids, but you'd have made the first, the car thief, white. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Thor, black, and maybe... That didn't happen in the 80s, though, did it? I know, it never did. Like, you know, majoritively... Maybe that's why I'm upset. Yeah. Because it never happened, and I didn't see it, and that's how I was raised. When it did happen, when it did happen, when you did get a little bit of mixture and you didn't get much of it, but I'm just thinking yeah, Goonies, yeah, yeah. you had um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Data in the Goonies, yeah. but then everybody was stereotyped, weren't they? Yeah, so they, you yeah, had Data yeah. who was like, oh, he's he's super intelligent, he's got like all these gadgets. Actually, his gadgets didn't work very well, did they? But he had all these gadgets, he was into tech. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he was, you know, he was the kid that was into tech. You had, you had Chunk, I mean, the mere fact that they, they gave him the name Chunk. You know, he's the fat kid, he's the funny kid. Da, yeah, da, da, yeah, da. yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and thinking about it as well. I mean, like you mentioned the film earlier in your facts, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah. Now, when you think about it, I mean, yeah. fucking hell, Eddie Murphy. I yeah. mean, you were up against, to become that phenomenal a star. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you were up against it because wow. it was, you know. You know, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Sorry, anyway, what were you saying? I was saying that Elizabeth Shue isn't the greatest friend in the world because she gets distracted by a frat party and then a restaurant okay. when she should be saving Brenda. Okay, so the restaurant, I agree. But yeah. however, let me say this. Brenda is an idiot. I love her, but she's an idiot. You absolute I love the line. It's one of my favourite lines. I'd get a bus, but i spend all my money on the cab gig. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> I thought, now that is a posh kid. That is, that was that brilliant. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Well, I wouldn't, was... but I spent all my money on the cab. <laughs> you couldn't. She took a cab to the bus garage <laughs> to run away and spent all her money on the cab. <laughs> and then instantly phoned, phoned home. But come and get me. Yeah. Come and get me. I've and been also, here for two went, minutes. If I get a cab to you, can you give her $40? Yeah. She said, I haven't got $40. Yet yeah, she finds she has to pay $50 <laughs> for the tyre. Yeah, it would have been cheaper. To have got forty dollars at home. She wasn't planning on needing forty five dollars for the for the car, Brian. True, and she wouldn't have had a frat boy to, you know. Yeah, her white savior. Sell herself to. Oh god! And he was really driving a, a jeep. Oh, I know. It's like, really problematic. Oh, Let's focus on something that's that's not problematic. Okay. The amazing, the brilliant, the character to end all characters. The person we need to focus on, Sarah. Is that because Sarah is you? Oh. MG, I love her. Is it because she's you? I would love to be her. I you would love her. I, I, <laughs> thank you. What a compliment. That's not going to diminish the reasons to dump you that I've written down already. But you are her. The line where she's like up on the roof and there's gangsters everywhere and there's all these problems. She goes, I won't let you fall. That's the sort of shit you have <laughs> no power in the situation at all, but convinced like the little scrappy do that you are. <laughs> I've got your back, man. Great, that was really helpful, Sinead. I've been held at no point and you've got my back. It's a morale-boosting technique, Brian. Yeah, and she reads everything. That's you. Take him to the hospital, you precocious little kid. Stop reading everything. No one reads everything. I made a note of some of Sarah's best moments. Um, So when when the hideous friend Daryl is basically... um, blackmailing Chris into taking him along yeah. to the city with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris goes, well, what can I do? And Sarah goes, get in the car and run him over. And she just completely deadpans it. She just literally, yeah. get in the car and run him over. Yeah. It's just like absolute 
best line of the entire she's film, I genius, think. Yeah. Um, like you say, she's got that scrappy do nature that I admire. When they have the uh, the blowout tire and Pruitt arrives and they're all terrified, she goes in front and goes, "Stay behind me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's gonna, like she's gonna save them. When they're at the frat party, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a non-verbal, excellent moment. Um, obviously, throughout the film, she's got her Thor helmet on, oh, yeah, which, yeah. It, for those that don't know, oh, she's this, got yeah. like the the wings on the side of the silver helmet. She's waiting in line to go to the bathroom, yeah. And uh, a frat guy comes out, and he's got like a Viking helmet on, and <laughs> they just look at each other and give each other a little smile and a little kind of yeah. thumbs up. Absolutely brilliant. Um, when they're walking along the side of the the river mm-hmm. um, in the city, and her brother's about to tell Chris that basically he loves her. her. Um, He's like, you should give other guys a chance. And Chris says, well, like who? And Sarah just pops up and goes, don't say it. This girl is wise beyond her years. It's the same as at the beginning where she runs down the stairs. You take that back or I'll tell Chris how much you love her. All the love poems you've been. Even though she's standing right behind you. Genius. She's genius. She's an absolute genius. And then... The, yeah, the wonderful, wonderful moment of she ends up having to leg it away from the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and she ru- runs into the... Yeah, I would love to think that I would do this. She runs into the building. Yeah. She gets in the lift. She ends up on like the 45th floor or something. Very diehard. 44th hard. floor. So I know... Sorry, I'm going to bring this I up. I In the lift, well, yeah. she's pressed button 42 and 44. And how do we know that she's pressed those buttons, Because there's Brian? chocolate smudges on. One of the reasons I admire this child so much, she was left alone for three <laughs> seconds. I was like, this is a child. <laughs> Immediately, food, brilliant, especially chocolate, and toys, yeah, gone. Doesn't care how safe or unsafe it is. <laughs> yeah. I've got myself an eclair, yeah. and I'm going to go around and look at the toys. But anyway, she's got chocolate and she presses 42 and 44. Yeah. So she leaves little thing, yeah, sticky fingerprints. Yeah, for some reason, the lift only went straight up to 44 for her and she got out there. It didn't stop at 42 first, which it would, for, and it did for everybody else. Maybe she pressed 44 first. Doesn't matter. It would always stop at 42 well, first. No, the lift maybe it depends on the lift. A lift is ergonomic. A lift will always stop. Oh, God, he's gone into the uh, ergonomics of I lifts. know. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, right, Sinead. Let me explain to you the typical Schindler lift. No, but it would always stop the lower lift first. It doesn't waste well, its time okay. going up and then back down one, then up three, I mean, I've been in one. some wacko lifts, but yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we're not talking about your Stanister lift. We're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> reason. So we're talking about a lift. Anyway, so she seems to go straight up to 44. Yeah. Then they get in and it stops at 42 first. <laughs> I mean, that didn't occur to me. Yeah, well, there you But go. it's a very valid point. Yeah. What did occur to me mm-hmm. is suddenly she, uh, the lift doors open yeah. and she steps out of Adventures in Babysitting and yeah. she steps into Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> she suddenly, I'm waiting for Bruce Willis it's to amazing. come around the corner. I desperately want to go to one of these office buildings in New York. Yeah. Because I've been in them in London and you go one floor above the one you're meant to be in and it's not a building site. <laughs> Someone else rents it. It's yeah. really weird. But in, yeah, in there, America, the big it's... company has one floor, <laughs> but they've paid to have 230 floors made. And also, not only are they building sites, they invariably have... Uh, oh, one of the glasses. Yeah. One of the panes of glass is blown out. <laughs> I mean, on that 44th floor, it would have been so windy and so loud. 44 floors with one pane of glass missing. I'm sure that would probably have a structural mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, it would compromise on... the integrity of the building, I I'm think. sure it would. If one pane of glass blew out <laughs> in the shard, yeah. I think the wind would cause real issue. I'm not saying the building would fall down, but I don't think you'd be able to walk up to it, have a look out. Climb over the edge. I mean, why did you climb over the edge? Just hide. But this is fast. You ran back to the lift. But this is why I admire Sarah so much. And this is why I want somebody out there to make the follow-up adventures of Sarah. Like, what is happening to Sarah now? I want to know what Sarah is doing. I think she is now a 40-something-year-old woman. Probably she'd be older now, wouldn't she? Don't know. 40-something-year-old woman. I think she's still wearing the Thor helmet. But, yeah. I, yeah. I, she's going to work in that Thor helmet yeah. with a little hammer hanging off, hanging off her belt. I love her. She, she goes, yeah. She goes up there. She doesn't run and hide. She doesn't, you know, do what any normal kid would do. Sod it. She's going out the window. Yeah, she's going straight out the window. Absolutely love her, Sarah for president. Nice. I like it. Talking of that scene and those bits, I have to mention the ultimate 
bad guy, the bad guy, the main bad guy, the head honcho guy. Yeah, so he was kind of, they made him a bit kind of mafia, didn't yeah. they? Oh, I, thought. I loved him. He was such, He's really slimy. such an arsehole. But the, my favourite bit was when he standing behind the counter and the mum comes up to get another drink. Oh, so this is at the party. Yeah. So Sarah's also at this point dangling, <laughs> dangling out, the out the window. No one's seen her. No, no one. <laughs> so no it's one complete open window. Windows everywhere. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the child is out clinging on. Yeah. And the mum comes over, and what does the mum say? Something about the drink. She you? she says so. He so the bad guy goes in there because he can see uh, Chris yeah, is on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And he he ends up standing behind what looks like the little bar area, yeah. and. The father's trying to get the mother to go home. Yeah, and she's she like, oh, I, drink, I don't yeah. start my diet till next week. I'm going to have one more. She starts asking him about the canapes and the catering. Something like that. But it's just the way she asks him a question. <laughs> and he looks at her and he goes, what? <laughs> and I just thought, oh, I'd love to be like that more. I wish I could be that more. Like, what? Don't talk to me. Oh, it's just... I'm pretty sure I've been at events where staff have been like that. Well, yeah, no. What true. Want? Yeah. What? <laughs> just wanted this yeah. glass of Prosecco if that's did, okay. You, you used to work in a pub in Stockwell. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah, so that was quite fun. I and, liked him. And also, which I thought was quite home alone. Yeah. Um, so while the mum is distracting the uh, the bad guy with questions about catering, because she's <laughs> looking for a caterer, um, Chris takes the opportunity to um, unplug oh, yeah. a, 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 light, lamp, a, a lamp, random lamp. Yeah, a random lamp that's sitting there and wrap the cable around his feet. Ha, 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 ha. He'll never know. So when he goes to walk off. I know. He falls. And I just thought, come on, that is straight. That is straight, you know, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Home Alone moment. But I have to say, again, one thing I love is when that bad guy got upstairs, and I did love this, and this is one of the saving graces or whatever of this film and Mm -hmm. why I believe that the issues it has are subconscious from the filmmakers is the fact that Joe knocks out the main bad guy. Joe Gibb, who's the car thief, knocks him out yeah. and helps the kids. The yeah. fact that his boss before that is like, come on, kid, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to hurt the kids. Yeah. He just wants that bloody magazine. Yeah. You know, and the fact that ultimately in the club, it's a brilliant, joyful, gleeful experience. Yeah, yeah. It's just you when they walk I mean? in there, they appear yeah. to yeah. be terrified. But because it's different. So there is that kind of, I do believe there's that don't judge a book by its cover yeah. thing going on yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, However... It's clumsily done. Well, no, but it's not clumsy. It's just done in a way that things are always done yeah. and it's unfortunate. And then you see it and then you're like that. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. I can, I can see it now. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I can understand it, but I can see it now. Yeah. And it's a shame because there is that end piece where you're like, oh, okay. Good. Mm-hmm. I know ultimately, you know, the frat boy turns up and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it plays into that. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that but, ultimate. But at least there is that that level there yes now, I don't know if I'm making any sense you anymore. are making sense you are people making are probably sense. turning off in their drones <laughs> going what the hell is he waffling on about but I'm hoping someone out there understands what I'm saying you, I understand what you're saying mm. um, there you go yeah I think it was a mixed bag well yes it was but I think that's a good thing it gives you something to talk about, something you need to talk about, and people should talk about. So well, I think good choice. Thank you, thank you very much. I I never thought it would get so complex. No, nothing to do. You thought said eventually, baby, I thought great fun, yay! I thought we're going to have a lovely little romp through Chicago here. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking like oh, but I was thinking maybe we were going to be up against more kind of female representation problems. Uh, it yeah. didn't occur to me. Yeah, then uh, it would just be everybody. The, the, yeah, <laughs> that it would be basically <laughs> white, fine, everything else problematic. Yeah. I didn't realise didn't realise we were going to go down that road with white, that. White, able, body, fine. Anyway, <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. So, Sinead, so Sinead, let's climb down a minute and let's do our VHS cassette tapes. Okay, Brian, let's breathe. Let's take a moment. So am I supposed to go first because I didn't pick this film? Indeed you are. We need okay. to know what your score out of five VHS tapes... Is what are you giving Adventures in Babysitting? Okay, so I am going to give Adventures in Babysitting. I've explained all my reasons. I've explained everything that I have issues with behind it, and otherwise it would have been higher. But I believe that the heart of the storyteller is a good one, and I don't, you know, I'm not defending the era and all that sort of nonsense. I won't do that. 
I think it's a good story. I think Sarah's brilliant. I think it's a good romp. I've said shame they didn't change elements of it. Yeah. Um, however, they didn't. But for that reason, I am giving it three VHS tapes, which I think is pretty solid. I think that's incredibly solid and incredibly fair, given all the um, issues that we've kind of covered. Yeah. I am going to come in. Okay. With three VHS cassettes. Oh, same as. And mainly for the same reasons as yourself. Yeah. Um, I can't give it any more than that. It is fun. Yeah. It, it is. is incredibly problematic. You can't fix the problems no. that are in it. No, you can't. Uh, the ones because it's made now. It's out there. Exactly. So you know the the you can't take out certain scenes. You can't change certain things. No. The what they what they are able to change from what I can ascertain, they've changed the the Thor comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe good. Disney have also taken out the don't with the babysitter. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's the thing they're worried about swearing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's not the, the representation of entire group exactly. of people. They're worried about swearing. <laughs> exactly. That's not. Okay. That's not. That's, the, that's not the problem with this film. That line is not the no. problem with this film. Um, but I'm going to come in at three because I think you have to be. You can't. You can't not but be aware of the problems with the film. But for Sarah alone, who yeah, yeah. who, who yeah, actually yeah. who actually yeah. is the real hero of this film. Yeah, hundred. At the 100%. end of the day, she's the one that gets her brother to hospital when he's been stabbed in true, his foot. True. She is the one that gets them to actually get the car back from by being kind. By being kind to Thor slash Dawson's garage. Can I just say Thor has got incredibly skinny legs? What the hell was that about? That's Vincent Denorf. Denorfrio, if okay. I'm pronouncing that Well, Vincent, when you're working out Skinny your top legs. half, fella, work out your bottom half as well. Because you had matchstick legs <laughs> and it was like, what the hell's that about? Carry on. Well, he's a superhero, Brian. You don't expect him to be sensibly in proportion. As I you? heard someone say at work the other day, everyone skips leg day. Don't skip it. What? Don't skip it. Someone at work said everyone skips leg day. Yeah. What the hell's leg day? At the gym, when you're doing your rotation. Jesus, you know, uh, wake up to yourself. Right, Get okay. yourself... A personal trainer. Okay. When I make it inside a gym, I'll, I'll be sure not to skip leg day. Three VHS cassettes. Sarah mm-hmm. is the real hero. Mm-hmm. She's the one that gets Brad to the hospital. She's the one that gets Dawson to give them the car back by being kind to him. And Ooh. I believe yeah. you can disagree. She deliberately leaves that roller skate in the frat guy's oh, car like in order to bring him back to Chris at the end of the film so that they can have their kiss and get together. She is the one that plants that. She is the real hero of this film. Adventures with Sarah. I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. Get it made. Ring us. That's all I can say. What's the actress's name? Uh, Maya Bruton. Right. I'm going to IMDb pro her in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Maya, give her a ring. Maya, we're there for your story. Yeah. I Call don't us. care whether Disney own the rights. I'll <laughs> buy them up. <laughs> we can afford that, right? Yeah, we've got a great team of lawyers over here. God, with our ones of listeners, our <laughs> advertising revenue has been massive. I've no idea what adverts has interrupted this. I'm sorry, guys. I don't get to pick them. The huge multinational enterprise that owns us does. Um, cool. Thank you very much, Nate. Oh, well, thank you. It's been um, no, it's an good. education. Yeah, it's, it's been good. an education. It's good to watch these things because it was an enjoyable film and, yeah, kind of educational at the same time. So good. Thank Good. you very much. Thank you. It'll be interesting to see what you bring to I'm me next sure time. I'm sure next week I can get us back down to work <laughs> with some sort of rubbish that I adore that you can't work out why. <laughs> or you never know, I might throw something fabulous in there. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. All right. Thank I'll you very see. much for listening. Thank you. Um, if you enjoyed, please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll tell you something else. What's that? You can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. And don't forget, this Thursday night, I will be doing a talk at Victoria Catholic Cathedral (laughs) on the concept of religion throughout the medieval entertainment era. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go on. As fascinating as that sounds, Brian, I haven't given my reasons to dump you. Damn it, I thought I got away (laughs) with it. You were going to skim right on through that, weren't you? I was. Oh, my Lord. Back up, sister. We're going to back up. Might even be edited back up. I've got four reasons to dump you. Four? Only four. Go on. Number one. Yes. 
I was trying to point out that Chris is a crap friend. Yeah. Not only did you disagree with me, you <laughs> rudely interrupted me. You needed interrupting. In order to disagree with me. You needed interrupting. That's number one. Number How dare you say interrupt? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done. Sorry. I thought that was funny. Number, number two? Yeah. You didn't think we needed the restaurant scene. We didn't. Which, which is absolutely incorrect. We, we needed that resolution of that relationship in order for her to move on what and to learn. What? And... It, yeah. Well, I've just talked to you about interrupting, haven't I? Yes. Sorry. And not only did it give Chris the opportunity for confrontation and, and being able to move forward, mm-hmm. it also allowed Brad to make his statement to deal with his unrequited love it brought all of that together. So you're completely wrong. We needed the restaurant scene. Number three. Go ahead. You had the gall to tell me Brenda is an idiot. She is an idiot. She is a divine camp maniac. <laughs> okay. And number four. Yeah. You led people to believe that I used a Stanner stair lift. Now, <laughs> if I needed one, this is not a diss on the stair lift. If I needed one, I'll have one. But I live in a ground floor fat, Brian. So I don't know where you think I'm putting this stair lift. Probably at work. Who knows? Could be on the stairs outside, just in case you want to go up to flat four. You're done. Okay. We're done. <laughs> done. All right, well, join us next week where <laughs> I'll be doing reasons I got dumped <laughs> all on my own. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everyone. <laughs>